Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my Taste Buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. I am unashamed. What about you? Took me 20 minutes to get out of my bed and walk to the bathroom. It took me 20 minutes. That was this morning? To, to, to go from the bed to the floor. It took me 20 minutes. Both yesterday and... The day before. Are you getting any better? Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know if he'd know if he was, you know. <laughs> I'm sitting right here. I'm getting better. What are you talking about? No, you did good, Phil. Nobody's ever going to say you're not so tough. What? I can tell you that. Pull the muscle. Did you ever talk to Zach about, can you talk about the Yeah, the Patriot I mean, Zach, I think we can talk about the Patriot Well, I've already board, seen huh? it. I mean, it's out, so. Yeah, I'll, talk I'll about it. it. Okay, yeah, we can talk. I think we're recording right now, right? Well... <laughs> All right, we'll just yeah. Go. This is yeah. it. This is this okay. is a true cold open right here. When the, we <laughs> yeah. went through probably the first four, three minutes of the podcast or minute and a half of the podcast, and we we didn't know. I knew we were recording. You guys didn't know. So we probably should tell the audience of what what had they stepped in on here with the conversation about twenty minutes getting out of bed. You were nervous that Phil was driving. What's the well? What's the, I mean, Phil. Uh, one day before duck season is down. This is the story I heard. Uh, is trying to move the boat because it's a low water year. And I think he had a flashback and thought he was 26 instead of 76. So he pulls a muscle or tears a muscle. And he did back. something bad in his back. This was on the day before, Ducks. The day before. Is, okay. But Phil showed up, and uh, it's about as down as I've ever seen you on, on just in life. And Phil, because Phil wouldn't just, most people would have just said, you know what? Yeah, I need I've to sleep. Torn, I've torn a muscle in my back because, you know, duck hunting is rough. It's rough it's if you're sport. 100% healthy. Even yeah. if you're, if we were trying to cater and get him to the blind, we, we didn't know for sure how deep the water was. Well, it wasn't quite deep enough to get the boat in, under the boat run in the blind so that means you got to get out haul all the stuff put out the decoys and so uh so about nine o'clock on opening day phil said hey jace uh go get the boat and so <laughs> i don't think phil's ever volunteered <laughs> to say let's go especially on opening day it, it was really cold also it's a wet cold here, because if oh, you say brutal. the temperature, people are like, "Oh, it's, it was thirty four degrees." I was just sitting there. Yeah, Phil was violently oh, shaking, was shaking, shaking, hurting, hurting, hurting and cold. Hurting well, Phil didn't cold. even have a coat on. Yeah, it's so the Phil worst, lays down. So he lays the worst down. Day the duck of duck run, season right? I've ever had. Well, on opening day he didn't. Uh, today, now we took tomorrow, uh, yesterday off, which was Sunday. Yeah, and then today. They all tried to talk Phil out of not going, and uh, but there he was. But he he had had some doctors intervene, and uh, to my surprise, uh, they gave him something that was one of the greatest powerful. One of the greatest conversion stories ever was when I converted a heart surgeon, and I missed. I missed being there because I was down in my back, but I didn't tell him. I didn't call him or nothing. I just had it, but he called me. Yeah. You, you missed your church, class, right? Yeah, you missed yeah, your he, class, Sunday, and he said, yeah, what's he wrong? Which says something about the consistency of a person because the minute he found out you weren't there because you were down, 
he got on the phone because he knew something was wrong with you. He said, why didn't y'all call me about that? Miss Kay said, well, I know you get, you got a lot of people, you know. Pride. No, I think I said pride, yeah. stubbornness, He said, fear. No, you don't get it. He said, I, I, I'm a doctor. He said, I've had what you've had yeah. a couple of times. I stripped how to pull a muscle. Yeah. He said, that's the worst. Yeah. He said, I've been through the getting a, It took me 20 minutes to get out of bed. Just to That's, put your feet on the floor. To get my feet on the floor and be standing upright, it took me 20 minutes. Yeah. But, Phil, if you if you take one of those muscle relaxers, it might have taken you two, but you might have been moving in your mind in slow motion. Oh, but that was before I had any medicine. Oh, oh okay. That was oh. before the doctor called me. He found out I wasn't in class. He said, I wonder where, where he went. So somebody said, well, I think he's down in his back. So... So the doc calls me up and says, look, here's what you get. You get get somebody up there right now and get these, these three medicines. And he said, because I've, I've had what you've had before. And yep. Pull the muscle on my back. He said, yeah, that's, that's as rough as it gets. Yeah. So I, I did. I took what he said. And, I mean, overnight, I was sleeping this morning. See, I was, I was, I was well, this morning, that. Phil. I was sleeping <laughs> on the blind floor. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> It was a strange sight because Phil don't never, get any of them. Phil yeah. got in the blind and he I have laid. To tell our audience, don't be he, offended because we're laughing. It's the way we are. So I mean, well, he's, he's better now. So. I'll tell you the real that? story. Uh, what happened? Because Phil probably won't even remember this uh, in a couple of hours. But we, I looked out and he made a pillow with his coat. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't one of our more comfortable blinds. You know, is that blind up the lane? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a, it, it's not comfortable. And I looked and I thought, well, Phil's taking a nap. But it was like five minutes after legal, you know. <laughs> well, you got to remember, got to remember the little redneck woman. That's Miss Kay's. Uh, what would you call it when you get to, when you take care of an older She's person? She's her assistant. Huh? She's her assistant. Call her an assistant. Her assistant. Yep. Yeah. Well, she come up there. She got wind of it, so she sets up a bottle uh, on the table. And I and I, I looked at it, and it it said horse ornament, ornament. You know, you 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 put it on horses to oh, like to loosen them up, like you know, a, loosen like them up. Like liniment, liniment, horse yeah, liniment, horse liniment, horse, horse liniment. liniment. She had horse liniment. Horse she liniment. said, "You take this stuff right here." She was telling me about, it, and I said, "I said a horse liniment." <laughs> I said, "You you you think that it works?" She said, "Oh, it'll 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 work," you know. Oh, well, she said, "Let me see, where's it?" She pulled up the back of my shirt. I had my woman witnessing all this. She pulled up my shirt, and and she started putting this horse ornament on my In back. A, well, I had put that. Somebody had put this uh, freeze all. You, you, you don't bottle it. Oh, yeah, biofreeze. Yeah. All right. Somebody had just put biofreeze a couple of hours and, and yeah. rubbed it in. Well, when the horse ornament hit, the, <laughs> hit that, Liniment, she said, Liniment. good night, you've got pus coming out of your back. And I said, I said, I said, if it's pus back there, call an ambulance. I said, because I don't think it's pus. I said, it ain't, it ain't that. And she said, oh, well, there's something there. And I said, well, it's that biofreeze after you put the horse liniment on. I mean, you're talking about a redneck. Trying to get a redneck off up on his feet. Good night. Oh. I got this redneck girl that helped Miss K stay alive, putting horse ornament. Liniment. Everybody had the idea about they had diagnosed me. I said, look, if if it is pus, call the ambulance right now. I, said, I, I hadn't it, even heard that story. Well, I didn't either. I thought so, it was a pull uh, muscle, but I got it diagnosed by the redneck girl. I said, no, honey, you, 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 you're a little off on that. I said, that's a biofreeze mixed with the horse liniment. That's what you see. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Look right here. When I reach right here, it's just like a knife in my back right now. Yep. When, yeah. I, when I do this right here. Don't do it's that. It's like a Don't knife. Don't do that. Yeah. I mean, I'm so Phil took a nap still here today, two days and, uh, so we shot a couple bunches, you know. And I looked down, but Phil ain't moved, and I was like, "Is he breathing?" And God was said, "Oh, he's snoring." And I was like, <laughs> "Wow!" But uh, but then you Phil woke up probably I don't know eight fifteen, eight thirty, and and you were like, 
Hey, all right. Hey, man, we got. <laughs> he was back. <laughs> yeah, we yeah we we probably sh- we probably should say that this for those of y'all listening that are confused by this interaction. This is for us. This is what compassion looks like. Yeah, you know, this yeah, is when this. somebody we know they're okay. <laughs> then yeah, then we laugh about it. Well, we weren't really laughing about it in the blind, but I guess now that we're uh, revisiting it, because I kept thinking, boy, he sure is a tough old bird. It was cold this morning. I was like, do you feel better, Phil? Do you feel like you're getting better? Oh, from the last night, I I took a real doctor's advice on what to take and when to take it, and it helped a whole lot. I got up this morning. It took me about a minute minute and a half yeah. to kind of get get over there where I can get off there my feet yeah. it could hit and you had to see see what it is right now I can't just stand up right now if I stand up it's to hurt my back however if you take both hands and you put on your legs and you press down on your legs I got my pressure on my legs right here see I get up right you're making me nervous yeah see I can get up now and I sit back down, I push them down on my legs, and it's not like a knife in your back. I mean, I'm just, I yeah. barely can't stand up, but I got to be yeah. careful doing that. Yeah, we don't want you to re-injure. So I'm 76, mm-hmm. but I'm still kicking. I'll be back. I'll be, <laughs> <you'll> be back. <laughs> so it's been an <clears throat> interesting opening of duck season. For well, sure. we actually had a really good duck hunt today. Yeah, that's what you were saying. Uh, it was, it well, was y'all got good. a big freeze coming in, right? I'm yeah, awesome. It was a little Somewhere. weak on opening day, but uh, today was, you know, we weren't, but just a few shy of the limit. So uh, it was, and we got some good eating ducks. We had, we had some wood ducks and teal, and so everybody was excited about that. We're going to make our, our cornbread dressing with those this morning because mm. they were woodies and they were very fat, got a good acre. Uh, we crop. also shot three green wing teal. I don't know if you. Three wood yeah. green wings. I love those green wings. So. Yeah, you taking well, it easy I left, I, I left right. Before, I guess I left right before because uh, I was down there last week filming, which we had to get Greg Sampanero, who's the cardiologist. That yeah, that's the one that that's him. Him. Yeah, in fact, yeah. So I actually call, y'all go ahead and carry your conversation, uh, and they go tell old Gal to make sure. <laughs> Where's he going? He's going to tell Gowan to pick the green wing teal. So. <laughs> There is a little, I mean, he has a doctor's (laughs) excuse, everyone. There's a a doctor's excuse to everyone, but this has been my my last four hours. (laughs) But I have to, I feel like, again, I have to express to the audience. So this is, this is the way dad is though. Like if he's, he's not going to stop. I mean, he's like, he's a. I mean, it's, it's Phil left. Because we tried to get him to, like, stay home, rest. Dad, uh-huh. you got the rest of the duck season. I actually could have said this in his presence because I'm 99.9% sure he will not have any recollection of the proceedings here. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Let's, well, so you what, know, I think this is you know, people love, this is why people love podcasting. And this is why I love it. I mean, it, it, it is like true it's real. reality. It's real. Yeah, you're, what, yeah, you're like, you're, you're, this you're is witnessing not staged. something. It's not staged. The way that worked. <laughs> Here it comes. Uh, you go out there and I shucked me a fifty crisp fifty dollar bill, and I gave it to old Godwin. So Godwin, get them three teal too. Here's your money. He's a, you don't have to do that, but his hand was already moving toward mine. <laughs> so uh, he wasn't saying no. I just wanted to get it, motivate him to, to pick the teal because I ain't got time to pick the teal. We got a podcast. Well, no, in my I back. hope this doesn't catch on in churches. They're like, give him a bunch of muscle, rela- put some muscle relaxers in the And the, the fifty dollar bills are flowing. Yeah, and it'll re- it'll relax that muscle off that hand so it can reach down into the wallet. And oh. <laughs> I was happy. I'd have done it for twenty, Phil. But anyway, yeah, I had one of them. I did a wedding <clears throat> on Saturday, and so I'd already told him as one of our neighbors down here, and I'd married his brothers, and his mom's hairdresser's son, you know, and she takes great care of mom. So I'd already told the boy, I said, "Now look, I'm, I don't do this for money anymore." And at one time, somebody slipped me a Hondo to do a wedding. I was proud of it, you know. Yeah. But I was like, don't give me any money. Just I just want, don't want it to be weird. We get there. Well, his paw in law, his future paw in law, comes up and he he holds out a hundred dollar bill. I said, no, no, I'm getting. And he, and he just puts it in my pocket. Yeah. 
So well, I'm like, point, uh, you got to take it. Well, right. But what they didn't know was once the wedding was over, I slipped it in the pocket of the young man. I said, here, this is for your honeymoon. This is on Paul-in-law. So I gave it back to him. So that's the way it worked. We just worked that right. So what I love about the Christmas season is that we celebrate uh, the, the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We also celebrate that uh, Mary, uh, his mother, chose life. Uh, she was unwed, and we know she was betrothed to Joseph. And, you know, she had some difficult decisions to make, but she made the best ones for all of us. And that's what we're asking for this holiday season. We want life to matter, uh, and we want women to make choices for life. And one of the groups that's helping us do that is a group called 40 Days for Life, um, they've been there through the whole battle. We've been battling this for 50 years. Uh, finally got Roe overturned, but the battle still goes on. Uh, they have a million volunteers in a thousand cities. They hold peaceful vigils outside abortion, outside abortion facilities. Uh, and they have a large presence uh, in blue states, uh, California being the biggest. So uh, we support what they do, uh, and we'd like for you to do the same thing. Check out their locations, their podcasts, and they have a free magazine as well that you can get at 40daysforlife.com. They're going to keep you updated on what's going on in the pro-life movement and uh, what's happening in post-Roe America. So if you'd like to volunteer, uh, get their information, we'd love for you to check them out. Uh, We're proud partners with these guys. That's 4040daysforlife.com. Check them out. Tell us about you. I want to hear about your, uh, since we did the last podcast, yep. you did the, um, which I've watched it now, so I saw it. I thought it was really funny. But you went to the, uh, you presented an award at the Patriot Award. I didn't actually present an award. I, or, we yeah. uh, What they do, they have the Patriot Awards. I was not familiar with it because I don't watch TV much. But, uh, <coughs> you know, we have our show on, on their right. network. So we were invited down. And they said we would be part of the presentation. So right. what they do is they do Patriot Awards, but they also also introduce their new shows and right. things. And so we, uh, when we went, they did a run through, and it was Murray and Jip and me. Uh, Missy came. I think it was just us. Jessica, was Jessica there? Jessica was supposed to come, yeah. but Gus had the flu. Okay, and uh, so she didn't. She didn't go. And uh, we had our our showrunner for our show went with us. <clears throat> so we did the run-through, but I thought, well, this is kind of weird, because we were introducing a documentary just about animals that they have coming out. But, but I wasn't familiar with it. Yeah. So Up when to we, that time, you, you you and Missy was on your right, Jason and... and uh, Jeff. Murray. Jeff Murray. Murray. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they were on your left. Yeah, and they had y'all in the background, right? About five minutes before y'all came on, they had, they had the camera. Well, yeah, they did that. that because the host, which was uh, Pete, yeah, Hegseth, Hegseth, he they had him on a a camo like tux, I guess, yeah. camo suit, and so I think somebody probably in the truck, as they say, said, "Hey, get in front of those duck guys with the camo," and yeah. so they did that. But uh, I forgot the, even the reason of that. But you know, look, it's, I mean, they're they're honoring first responders and and police officers. Oh, it's a great, yeah, it's and, a very good know, and people uh, who are. Yeah. So, <laughs> Cy and I went a couple years ago. But anyway, I read the little teleprompter there in the run through, and I thought, hmm, this this show is new to me. Yeah. And so I just thought, I feel like I need to tell why we're here. And so somebody in charge there, when I said, look, I'm not real sure what that teleprompter, whoever wrote that, I'm not real sure what that's talking about. And she said, well, you just do whatever you want to do. I said, okay. Uh-oh. And I thought, if this is a disaster. <laughs> there was a blonde-haired woman that came by here and told me. So I basically just. Got up there, and, uh, and I if told, it had gone south, she just said, "I don't know who that guy is." <laughs> I don't know who that guy is. <laughs> I told Jep and uh, and Murray, I said, "Follow my lead," and I said, "Murray, just we'll have you announce whatever the show is." And I said, "Jep, you can tell them, but I, I'll, I'll throw to you." Yeah. 
So what happened was I went out there because I thought, here we are in Fort Fort Lauderdale. I guess it was Hollywood, Hollywood. Uh, Florida, Florida. <clears throat> which is almost near Miami. Oh, yeah, it's down there. So I give my... And the I people there out. are enthusiastic about it. Well, there's about 7,000 fans. And then the, the where you saw where all the tables were, where all their, uh, you know, their hosts. Yeah. Everybody you ever seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were all there. They were all there. And so I just said, look. I basic I don't remember exactly what I said, but I said we're we're in search for treasure and we found it here in this room. And I said the reason we're enamored and award human beings like this is because they show godlike qualities, faith, hope, and unconditional love. Yep. I said, but I want to tell you, we get that from the Creator of the universe and Almighty God. So when I said that, they all cheered. And yeah. I, which I thought was a good sign. Yep, I thought I did too. And then you'll like this, Zach. I said, I am unashamed that I believe there's a God and he is alive or real or something. I, yeah. uh, I kind of yeah. went by the Holy Spirit. I don't remember exactly what I said, but it was something in that vein. <clears throat> and the reason I did that, that was my first little point. So then I threw it to the creation. I said, so I said, we treasure hunt. We found treasure here in the heart. Oh, and I did say that. I said, uh, I quoted that first, is it first or second Samuel where it says that people, man looks at the outward appearance of people, but God looks at first the Samuel 16. Yeah. I said that, <clears throat> quoted that. And, uh, so then my second little point was we also spend a lot of time in God's creation. So I had this deal about the creator. So you're leading up to the show. But here's the deal. I knew the first line of the teleprompter because it was introduced. It, it said we spend a lot of time in Mother Nature or whatever it said. But I changed that into God's creation. Well, here was where I messed up. Because I quoted the first line of the teleprompter, but since I changed it to God's creation, they didn't realize I had started. <laughs> so the prompter It wasn't moving. That. So when I said the first line in that, the God's creation. They're line, waiting for you to get back to the script. I looked at Jeff and said, tell us about the show, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I threw him under the bus. That's officially a bus thrown. So Jeff, they knew that Jeff was going to talk yeah. second. So then they started moving it. So once they started moving it, I, I interrupted Jeff because I knew he had nothing to say because it's not his time yet. So I said, you remember it's a documentary about animals, and so then they had him queued up, yep. and Jeff said, "Nature from all over the world." He was reading a couple of sentences because I told him, "I said, I'm don't be scared, but when you start reading, I'm gonna do something." Yeah, so they he he tigers dragging down yeah. prey and. Things just before they were ripped to pieces. Well, that was after, though, Phil. They showed that after. So when Jeff said, he said something about animals all across the globe. And I said, hold the teleprompter, Jeff. (laughs) And Jeff looked at me like, (laughs) I said, now I know what everybody's thinking. Because this is kind of the problem I had, because I thought, people are probably thinking, why do you have a bunch of duck hunters introducing a a nature show? show. That's what you actually said. You said that. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. I, 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 this is what that's what I As said. As you realize before you finish your story, you you have taken the unashamed format and you parked it right in the middle of the yeah. scripted award show. Exactly. That's what you did. So yeah, then we don't I do said, teleprompters. I said, I know what you're thinking, and I did. I think I mentioned that. I said, look, I'm ha- I'm struggling with this teleprompter anyway. I said because we have an unscripted show. I did that because the that my showrunner was there, uh-huh. so I thought she'd find that humorous. But uh, so then I said, but I just want everybody to know something. I'm making this official here. And I said, we love animals. I I think I said, my family, we love animals. Well, the whole place cheered when I said that. It was a pretty good roar. It was a pretty good roar. And I waited just a second and I said, they're delicious. (laughs) (laughs) It was a joke, (laughs) sort of. (laughs) Did they roar it louder? Didn't they really laugh? And so I thought, then I went back to Jeff. I said, back to you, Jeff. (laughs) And Jeff said, it's a show about animals and it's awesome. (laughs) And Murray said, whatever the name of it was, I think the the year on planet Earth, a year year on planet Earth. And then just the lights went out. Then they played the. the, uh, Oh, for the show. 
they played the clip, but we didn't get to see the clip. The one so I you, wanted. You, you remember that Phil's uh, every single episode of Duck Dynasty when Phil would end with a prayer, he would pray for thank, thanking God for another day on planet Earth. So that, yep. there, there was a tie tie in there. But I that thought I, I may never be invited back, especially once I went off script. <laughs> so I was going to let everybody know that that we believe that God is real. Yep. And and we do we, love nature. We call it what it is. I, I think the created. I was subtly saying the created things should point you to a creator. They've got it mm-hmm. about as close as they get as mother nature. Well, yeah. And I was like, I'm not reading that. I'll, I mean, I don't find that offensive. I just I would rather say God's creation. And so, uh, of course, then I said to Jeff and Murray, I said, let's get out of here in case that they didn't like that. <laughs> Tell the girls we'll meet them at the plane. <clears throat> the plane! Because <laughs> so, the one you wonder about is whoever produced that show. I wonder what they well, thought I'm about. sure the teleprompter person was probably helped up off the floor when I just went rogue. But I thought, but now look, having said all that, I only went three or four minutes. Yeah. And we were, I mean, it was short, sweet, to the point, and we did our job. At least there's a slot for the Lord Jesus and creation somewhere in America because during this recent election, y'all correct me if I'm wrong, I never heard the word Jesus mentioned at any time through the entire election for who's going to be the be the run the house and the senate right. and all that. I would have thought somebody would have at least shared the gospel with you know Jesus died for us now was buried and raised from the dead. If that's not true, nobody's getting out of here alive. Nobody. No. If it is true, there's a resurrection and life. There's immortality. <clears throat> well, um, let's take another break. Uh, one of our longest sponsors uh, is a group uh, called Keeps. And I really like what they're trying to do because they're trying to help guys that experience hair loss, especially an early. Le- <clears throat> they're trying to help guys that experience hair loss, especially at an early age, uh, to be able to hang on to your hair. Uh, we know as we get older, we're going to lose some of that hair. But some people uh, have male pattern baldness early, and so you see those pictures, and you're thinking, "Man, I either just peel it all off or wear a cap all the time." And so they're going to give you another option, and that's to keep your hair. Uh, Keeps has a clinically proven, FDA-approved hair loss treatment. It's available online. So uh, whether you're trying to prevent hair loss or stimulate hair growth or just take better, or just take better care of your health, uh, Keeps has a medical provider that's going to be there to make sure that you get the right um, prescription for you. <laughs> Didn't say prescription. Let me say that again. Keeps has a medical provider that's going to help you make sure you get the right products for you. So no waiting rooms, no pharmacy visits, straight to your door, half the cost of a traditional pharmacy. And they also have 24-7. They also have, you can also contact them 24-7 if you have any questions. So if you're ready to take action, you're ready to join thousands of guys who have saved their hair with Keeps, go to keeps.com slash door for 50% off your first order, that's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash door, keeps dot com slash door, and save some money and save your hair. That, that was, you, Dad, you just swerved into my lesson yesterday, so I was talking about the second coming. Because we're kind of doing, we're doing a series called The Inverted Gospel, where we, we start at the end and wind up at the beginning, because Christmas Day is on Sunday this year. Is it? Yeah, so it's kind of a cool concept. Been looking ahead. Yeah. Do you know of any other story that deals with that particular no. issue? But but my my point was if a story is compelling, you can you can come into it at any point of the story and if it's interesting, you'll want to hear more. Yeah. People make good movies, you what, know, you, you well, know. Well, tell us about, did you did you preach out of Mark where we've been? No, but I was thinking, because we're in Mark 12, uh, about to talk a little bit about heaven. Well, what was your sermon? Where did you come out of? Uh, I didn't have a specific verse. Here's here's the way I, here's the way I put it. And this is kind of a, I, I've never, I've never said this before in a sermon, because I never really thought about it, to be honest. But I, I got to thinking about the idea of the second coming. And you think about God being outside of time and space, mm-hmm. Right. And then he created, there's no beginning for him or end, 
So he just always it, is. It's interesting <laughs> that he's outside of time and space, but he is the time marker for the whole whole world right. to this day. So my point, so I began with this statement. I said, so from God's perspective, and then I said, now, we say on the podcast, I could be wrong, because when you say the words from God's perspective, I looked in the mirror this morning, I'm not God. So I'm just, I'm theorizing here that from God's perspective, the second coming has already happened. Well, he's outside it, of time and space. Well, exactly. So you, what I'm saying is, if there's no beginning and no end for God, but there was a beginning and end for us, we're just waiting in our time and space for him to come and usher in this new reckoning. And it's, oh, exactly. It's I've said a that lot before. of things, but it's a great hope. Yeah. Now, I've said that before, and people were like, what? Yeah. It, I was it like, kind God does them. not wait. There's no waiting rooms in heaven. No. Just let that sink in. There's no clocks there either. Nope. nope. And I made the I mean, point. It's pretty incredible. No I mean, allergies or diets either. Go ahead, well, you sir. consider that like the time itself was created. I mean, that is a mind-blowing. That is, that is a, correct. Here's what helped me get this. And I forgot who gave this illustration, but it was a good one. They, somebody drew a line on a board, just a straight line. It's from board to board, as far as you could go. Yep. And he's like, imagine that line <clears throat> never ending. You know, if you want to make it a circle, make it a circle. But just, it, it's, it, it keeps on going and it never stops. There's no beginning, there's no end. And then he's like, we were inserted on the line. Yep. So... That's right. That makes sense when you said what you said. He's not wait. It was just inserted on the line. It's on, and there's a, and there's a lot in the Bible about it. So I went to Psalm ninety, which is where I started, and I use your line, Dad, because <clears throat> I said Moses wrote this seventeen hundred years before Jesus, along with the Torah, Genesis through Deuteronomy. Yeah. Now, so this guy wrote this down thirty seven hundred years ago. Yeah, and I said, I said, if Dad were here today, he'd say, "What department in salt water gave him this information?" Yeah, he said, "Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations." So that's in time, right? Because I made the point that be- because God is outside time and space, He also operates inside time and space. He created the whole thing. Well, right. But then He says, "Well, that, that's why I said we're inserted on the oh, line, right. but the line is God." That's right, because God is life. That, that's a key. It's a key point. designation. Because uh, people get very confused, and I talked in it later about it in the sermon about predestination. So before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the whole world, so now he's talking about before we were even made, yep. from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. So now he's back to God before he ever created us. I mean, he's painting quite the picture almost 4,000 years ago. You talk about a man with some insight. What kind of man? How how far did you think the guy who wrote that right there? How far had he been on planet Earth as far as if you wanted to travel? What's the greatest distance he probably traveled? Oh, he was uh, his whole time was spent right there in Egypt. I mean, you know, the, the biggest trip he took was through that desert heading toward Israel. And he comes up and says that somewhere That's right. in the world. Well, this is but he did a, spend some powwow well, where time. Where did he come up with that? He did spend some powwow time with the Almighty, and he come out glowing. So I, the, he Get was, all the philosophers together, but just get them down and start there, Al, and, and go from there, and it's quite the story. So let me read this other <clears> statement. You turn people back to dust, saying, return to dust, you mortals. So he, he puts it back in time like you're only got a certain, you're very linear, as, as Jay described. And it's quick. Then he said, but then he says this. But a thousand years in your sight are like a day. So to God, a thousand years, 24 hours. Then he says, or a watch in the night, which I looked it up, that's six hours. So he said to God, a thousand years, six hours, six minutes, six milliseconds. Yeah, I'd argue there's, I think a lot of theological debates and arguments come down to the concept of time. And we're trying to understand and articulate a being who exists outside of that. And I think I've said this on the podcast before. We're, we're so limited, right? E- even in the discussion, because when we talk about space and time, which are both functions of the created universe, 
but this is not we're we're trying to understand what that means right but but I, we can't really access even the discussion about it because we are so limited and we are bound to space and time so if Correct. i were to ask the question what you know what was god doing before he created time that that's a question that doesn't even make sense because before is a word that's a temporal word yeah. right that's a word that has to do with time so we don't even have the language capabilities or if i said what is beyond uh, space, the edge of space. Well, beyond is a spatial term. So I think when we try to imagine a being, and I think we should try to comprehend this because it, what it does, it leads you to a frustration, a good frustration to understand the, the, the bigness of who God is, that, that we don't even possess the language and the ability to talk about a being who exists outside of space and time. We, we don't even have the language for it. I mean, well, so that, I think. Go ahead. Dad. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, and that and and that's was exactly my point. That's why I started where I started, because then you interject Jesus into this equation, who became one of us. He he put himself in space and time as one of us to do some things that would ultimately lead to our salvation. Let's take a break. And then, Jace, I read, I did the John 8, that, you know, before Abraham was born, I am, which is, uh, again, like Zach was saying, that's, that didn't even make any sense from our perspective. What do you mean, before Abraham? And then I also did Mark 12, which we're going to get to later. Well, yeah, this is a great preview to the argument we left. I mean, we had this argument about uh, the politics, you know, right. give to Caesar, right. what is Caesar's and to God, what is God, I mean, giving your allegiance to God. And then, so then you have this argument about the afterlife, which in my prep for our discussion, which I, I knew you were preaching on this. I mean, I skimmed your, your lesson because right. you just included it in the notes. But I was surprised at how many people, I looked at various polls and, uh, you know, take them for what they're worth. But most people from the data I looked at believe in the afterlife. There are very few people out there. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was less than 10% in every poll imaginable, whether it was from a church or from the world, who do not have some view of what's going through the door, the death door, which was kind of shocking to me. Yeah. But when you think about it, it really makes sense because if there's nothing— well, then why do any – it's just absurd. Life is, itself is absurd. Right. That's right. And, and But also think about this. Every, every human being that's born was created in the image of God. That's what he said in Genesis one twenty six. So inside of every one of us is – in our DNA, God put in us – there's something that has a – a yearning for something more, revelation, whatever. Now, whether people ever act on it or do anything about it, it's there. Remote, remote, the remotest of uh, uh, people we can find, right. cultures, they all have a, this thinking. That's right. Life beyond the grave. That's right. Well, that's one. That's it's, it's one of the truths that's mentioned in Ecclesiastes three eleven that says that God has set eternity in the hearts of men. There you like go. God's put He's put that in your heart. So, you, right. like you think, man, or C.S. Lewis said, if you find yourself longing for more than this world can provide, perhaps you were made for another world. And I think that's what Lewis was getting at is is what's in Ecclesiastes. It's this idea, and you all we all have it. I, I mean, we 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 have the longing for more. Mm -hmm. We have the longing for something that's transcendent. We have the longing for context. We have the, we have this longing for eternity because even in our our discussion of it, there's a reason why we're trying to figure out like what what's this what's this whole time and space thing about. The reason why we're trying to figure it out because we don't like the idea that we are temporal finite beings that are going to one day evaporate like right. no, there's got to be there's got to be more to it than that right and right. you know i think that's that's what kind of drives a lot of the philosophical and scientific um you know pursuits i mean I, I just pulled this off my shelf um a book i read a few years ago uh by stephen hawking a uh, brief history of time and i was looking for a quote in there that he, that he said because he you know this guy was very instrumental in what's called the development of the standard model of physics 
And he says here in this book, he's, I think this is interesting. He says, um, he's talking about time and the fact that time has a beginning. And he says, many people do not like the idea that time has a beginning. Probably because it smacks of divine intervention. In other words, if time has a beginning, then there's got to be a God. And he said the Catholic Church, on the other hand, seized on the Big Bang model in 1951 and officially pronounced it as to be accurate with the Bible. This is this, though. Therefore, there were a number of attempts to avoid the conclusion by the scientific community that there had been a Big Bang. And the reason why is because that if it if it's true that time has a beginning, then then Stephen Hawking, who was an atheist, was like, then there's a God. And so, in other words, we 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 came up with these scientific models through Einstein's uh, uh, theory theory of relativity and all this stuff. He, and as we expand our knowledge in the scientific world, we realize that time had a beginning. And then we're like, oh no, that can't be true because if that's true, <laughs> then there's got to be a God. So now the entire scientific community and particularly in physics, is trying to get away from this. They're trying to get away from what's called the standard model because of that reason. And I think that it's like every time we we, we think we make a discovery that is going to disprove the existence of God, we actually run right back into his the necessity of his being. That's that's a pretty big power that you cannot escape him. You know what I mean? And I think that it, it, a lot of the lands of time. So, and Well, what's amazing to me is you just mentioned several smart people and people that have come up with amazing things. And yet almost 4,000 years ago, there was a guy that basically laid out the whole situation. <laughs> I mean, you know, because he was getting it from the creator. And so that's yeah. why, I'm, you know, th that's why the Bible is so powerful. And, and the reason I went this route on my sermon, because I got to the point about the second coming, I said, well, what is all that? the stuff you're talking about time and space have to do with the second coming. And I said, not much, just everything. Cause if you don't yeah. understand how big God is well, and who also, he is. Wasn't it 4,000 years ago? They, I mean, they just found it within not too long ago, some red door or something from the Mayans. It was supposedly over the tomb and, you know, they go in there and there's like a decapitated head that they had made incisions on where they could eat and drink during their death. Yeah. And the point was, I mean, you can, you know, you can look it up on the internet. Cause it was like, it was a big deal. Even in Hollywood, you know, a lot of them wrote about it. Cause it was, you know, they're thinking of movie ideas. You know, they had some underwater cave, you know, where they're exploring and they find this door to hell and whether they believe it or not is irrelevant, but they thought, boy, that'd be a good movie. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but I'm saying about, it's it's weird that you said that because that's about the same time frame. Right. And it just shows you that we all have something inside of us. Yep. That's like, because if you just say, uh, who was the writer who came up with all those really depressing short stories uh, for the Kafka or whatever from Germany and it's like, they made a bunch of movies about it. It was like one of them was, I think, called The Trial. And he was like panicked the whole time. I think Anthony Perkins was in it. But the whole time it was like he was accused of doing a crime and he was panicked about it. But he never knew what it was. And then and, and the idea being we've all done something wrong. It, it, it's it, But he had another one about where he wanted to go before the the law and and say his peace and there was a door there and he could see some radiance and so he's like that's the door to the other side you know so he he just became enamored with it and he sat there but the gatekeeper kept telling him to wait no you gotta wait well he wait a month happened you know six months well then a year and he's he's wanting to get in there so he started trying to bribe the gatekeeper this is this is the story you know and so it's like after a while, the guy's sending for all his money. You know, he's abandoning his family, his job. He's trying to get on the other side of this race. And at the end, he gets so old, he can't do anything. And he's like, I mean, what do I got to do? And they're like, nothing. We're not letting you in. And it's like the most depressing thing ever. <laughs> it's like, we're shutting the door. And the guy's like, well, where are, where are all the other people? And they're like, this door was only for you. And you can't get in. <laughs> And that's so they, it. So all these people talk about what it means. What is the radiance about that? And it's like, it's the most depressing, terrible. I mean, if, if there's no, well, I, I if, think if there's, that's the yeah. 
There's nothing. Uh, I mean, the guy wrote this a hundred years ago, and people Frank, are still trying it's, uh, to Franz 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 uh, Kafka. Yeah, Franz. That's who wrote. But he was a. But a, they a, make movies out of all his stuff, and they're all depressing because he, he's like he couldn't he couldn't find the neck the you know when I read something like that I'm like oh uh, this guy needs Jesus. Was he an atheist? Yeah. You, well, I think what it is I is it, I don't. Not I think the, he was a Jew uh, who had a kind of a rough childhood or something. I remember hearing the story. Let's take. Are you talking last, about hang, Kafka? Hang, yeah. Yeah. Do you know his? Hang on, Zach. Let's take our last break. All right. Go ahead. I don't think he, he was a believer. Uh, he you was know a, what his history's at. Um, I, um, I just looked him up. I think he was said born with general Austrian citizenship. Um, German, Austrian. He may have been Jewish though. No, I mean, he I was Jewish. I, it says, I remember it says that. here that he was says here that he was heavily influenced. Uh, wrote a lot about what's called existential anxiety. Which, if you've done any research on kind of existentialism. Which I think oh is boy, that's better. our word for the day. <laughs> can, I, can you use Another it in a sentence word. first? You know Existential. I'm not going, I'm, no, I'm not going to go down that route. Today, I just, actually. I'd like to know what that means. I brought the guy up. He do, they do. Well, they, we would know. We would probably know the term as postmodernism, existentialism, postmodernism. It's it's an idea that that truth is relative, that there is no ultimate reality uh, other than what we yeah. determine for ourselves. So we would know it as like. You do your. I have my truth, and you do your truth. And I think what a lot of these existential uh, philosophers and poets and writers, what they were writing about was the absurdity of it all, right? And so you end up with a term called nihilism, which is nothing matters. Um, and and yeah, that's kind I, of the end. I of think it. that's a good. I mean, that, that, I think what Al's <clears throat> lesson is is tackling is you have to bring this up because these people, if they're living. I'm saying people, as in all human beings, if you're just going to live like the door is not opening, yeah. even if you just devote your life to to seeing it open, <laughs> but ultimately, yeah. I mean, you don't have to interpret that any other way is that that's really true without Jesus. That's right. Well, I boiled well, it you know, it's, it's Go ahead. It's funny because I, so I've, I've quoted this guy a lot. He's probably was the most influential writer for at least shaping the way I see the world was Francis Schaeffer. And he talked a lot. He wrote a lot about existentialism and a lot of, or, or what we would call postmodernism. He, he didn't call it that, but what in his method of evangelism, what he said our goal is, is to expose the absurdity of this. And he used like an analogy that I thought was so good. Cause so you gotta be careful with this. Cause once you kind of learn the technique and, and of how to expose the absurdity of this, he said, it's like, imagine somebody at the bottom of a mountain and they've got this tin shed over their head. It's like the rocks are coming down all on top of them, but they, they're bouncing off cause they got this shed. He said, your goal is to, cause there's a big boulder coming. that's going to crush them. He said, you got to remove that thing and expose it for what it is. And, and it's going to be painful. But he also said you gotta be careful because if you if you lead someone to the end of their of their their postmodernism or existentialism, then the end of that is not good. Without Jesus, yeah. Without Jesus, then then life is completely pointless. But wouldn't you say, um, Zach, that this relative truth that you're mentioning that Schaefer talked about, because he was, you know, a few decades ago, isn't isn't what you're currently seeing in our culture a result? Of what happens when you have your own set of truth and your own whatever. Well, I mean, precisely factious. I mean, just oh, look it, at it, culture. It, it, I mean, it leads you, yeah. Because what <sighs> happens is you can't like like you can't bear the weight of carrying carrying reality on your shoulders. Right. Nobody can, right. right? So if I'm the if I'm determining reality for myself, I'm going to determine my own truth. Like, what does that even mean? Like now I'm bearing that responsibility, and the weight of that is is too much for a human being to carry, and so. I think it's one of the primary discussions that we need to be having today is, is, is there a truth? And if so, where does it come from? And you can't really escape the fact that it comes from God. One of the things that I got chastised for when I ran for Congress was a podcast that I, I, I used to do another podcast years ago. Um, and I had an episode that was on Sandy Hook, you know, when, when the kids got killed at Sandy Hook. And, and one of the things I said in the episode was that inside of an atheistic worldview, there's nothing inside that worldview that would prevent something like Sandy Hook from happening. I'm not saying that 
atheism caused it. But my point, and that's what they said I said, which is yeah. not what I said. But my point was, if we determine truth for ourselves, then where in the world does morality come from? Yeah. Where does where does the value of human life come from? If it's purely subjective and we determine it for ourselves, then who gets to determine it? Right. Like, if, if, What if we disagree on the value of somebody's life? Then who's to say I'm wrong and who's to say I'm right if it's all determined from ourselves? And the answer is the person who gets to determine it, which is what Phil's movie was about, yep, Torchbearer, it's the one that has the biggest stick. It's the one that has the most power. <coughs> Might becomes right. Whoever's got the most power gets to, and, th and this is the problem with with history, right? When you look at tyrannical regimes that emerge or any in any moral depravity where people are abused and all this, it all comes down to who gets to determine what's right and wrong. And one of the ideas that our country was founded on, and I'm not saying that that the founding fathers got it all right, and I'm not even saying they were all believers because I don't think they were, but this part they did get right. That if you're going to have an anchor for reality and an anchor for, for, for human rights, an anchor for liberty or whatever the thing is you want to say, the, whatever that anchor is, it has to be non-arbitrary, which means it has to be something that does not move. It can't be determined by us because if it's determined by us, then it becomes subjective and you have no real anchor. And that was the idea of Genesis 126, that all man's made the image of God. And from that truth there, that's what that's everything should flow from that in terms of how we see ourselves in our position in reality. Sorry, went off on a little tangent there. <laughs> no, it's good because we're going to, after that resurrection argument, there's going to be an argument about the morality issue. So I, I think this is this is a good foundation it, it for us. It was a good setup for that. Um, By the way, just add it all up. We who follow Jesus Christ, who did all of what we read about before the beginning of time, time, he, he's the marker of all time. Yep. And once that's over, this first in this age, when this ends, it's the end of time as we see it. Right. It's immortality forever. It's the great. You get on that line. Then. We we have the best. <laughs> we have the best story. Yeah, we stay on the He's line. He's gonna make. Yeah, that's right. So well, give us your points. I, so so what I'm gonna do is because we're out of time. Uh, I know, but you can give us your points, and it'll be a lead into the overtime. Yeah, so so I'm gonna I'm gonna give you my conclusion of where I wound up because all that was to set up that he's coming back. You know, that was the promise, mm -hmm. and then when he does, some things are going to happen. We're going to understand eternity because then we're going to get to experience it. So we we leave time. Time is gone for us right. as well. But there, then there's also justice, and I had quite a bit to say about that, and then what I call the great reckoning. So we'll talk about that in the uh, in the overtime. I'll give you my conclusion to my sermon. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube, and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, Subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.